Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the NACF Podcast. And welcome back. We haven't had an episode for a few weeks, but now we are back with a brand new, fresh episode. On today's episode, Pastor Parson talks about the importance of being together. Two are better than one. As iron sharpens iron. In today's episode, do I make them better? God intends for this walk to be with each other, especially walking in your family, especially if you have a spouse. You have to learn to walk in rhythm, to walk with God together. There's something about being together. You make my flavor come out. I make your flavor come out. Me alone isn't much. We're going to move right on in into our time of giving our time of tithing, our time of offering, because this is a part of our worship. We are yet obedient in this season. We yet are worshipers and our tithing, that 10% that we give back to God, oh, that is our worship. And so if you have not prepared your giving, please do so. You can do that by going to nuantioc-aliante.org, push the donate button and follow the prompts. A second way that you can by texting 77977 to New Antioch. All one word, follow the prompts all the way through. And we're going to give you every means to be obedient, every means to give back into this. And so if you have to do it through mail, our address is 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100. Our zip code is 89084. We want to be careful to thank all of those who have remained Thank God for the spirit of the Lord that is in the house right now. Breathe, Sharonda, you all right? <laughs> Ecclesiastes 4, 8 through 12. In Micah 6 and 4, and then we'll go to Proverbs 27 and 17. Amen. It'll be there for you on the screen, and we stand in reverence to the reading of the word of God. Let's read together. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Micah chapter four, chapter six, verse four.
you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. And then Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. From these three portions of scripture, I like to talk on the topic this afternoon, do I make them better? Do I make them better? There is a Chicago popcorn company called Garrett's. I might not be in this right room now. It has become a tourist attraction as well as a local favorite, but now you can get it in several cities, including Las Vegas, and I found out you can even have Garrett sent to your house. Now, put up the first picture for me. This is, they call cheese corn. This is cheese popcorn, and I really don't like this one. Um, it's kind of greasy and to me anyway, and it's not that tasty really. So if you really bought that for me, I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't eat it. I'd most likely throw it away. Um, I certainly wouldn't go out of my way to get that one. And then there's Caramel Crisp. I don't care for this one at all either. Uh, I don't like it either. It's too sweet. And, and it has to me a funny aftertaste and I might eat a few of them, but then I'm done with the Caramel Crisp. I, I wouldn't eat it again. I wouldn't eat it if you bought, bought, bought it for me. And, and I have to, I'm I think I threw some of that away uh, last, early this week, last week. I, I wouldn't go out of my way to get the, the caramel crisp. I don't care for it very much. But go to that next picture. But if you put those two together. They call that, we call it the Chicago mix. They call it the, the Garrett mix. By themselves, I don't like either of them. But it's something about when you put them together. I say, yes, bring me some. Gwen used to drive, bring it, fly it in to me from Chicago. On Mother's Day, we went down to the strip. I hate going to the strip, but, but for that Garrett mix, for that Chicago mix, I went down to the strip, went to Planet Hollywood, Went down to the Vegas Miracle Mile, stood in line in my church clothes. And my daughter, who is also my pusher, bought me some Garrett's Mix. That stuff is so good. It's so good to me. I don't even let them mix it. I buy one bag of caramel and one bag of cheese and mix it myself. I, I open up both bags and then I take a caramel and then I take a cheese and then pop it in my mouth. I might take two caramels and two cheese and knock them out. And if I have a big piece of caramel, then I'll take the, the little extra cheese to balance that thing out. Or if two small pieces of caramel with a big piece of, I work it in, 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 my, in my own hand. And, and, and if one of them runs out before the other one, I throw the rest of the other one away. Because the power, the uniqueness, the ultimate flavor, the extraordinary is in them being together. 
It's what each flavor brings to the mix. They, they do something to each other that just makes my taste buds sing. Sharonda, I'll break my diet. I'll stop counting my points. I keep it in my room and crawl into bed with it. I'm a little bit in love with that mix. And this is what our family's life should be. We should be more together than we ever are alone. Each one in the family is all right by themselves, but there should be something about us being together that just makes life sing. So this is Family Life Month, and we focus on the family this time of year, every year. And our theme for this season is walking in rhythm, walking in rhythm. We're walking with God all year and and walking with God individually is one thing, but we need and we need to catch the pace of God. We need to catch the rhythm of God. We need to stay in step with God. But it's a whole nother thing to walk with the family. And that doesn't matter what your family is. We have all kinds of family. A husband and wife might be your family, a parent and kids might be your family. It might be sister and the sisters and the cousins or fosters and adopted or best friends can make a family. My family and my best friends are part of my family. It may be your best friends or your co-workers, your family at work. It could be your neighbors, your neighborhood or your village. Whatever your family is, God intends for this walk to be with each other, especially walking in your family, especially if you have a spouse you have to learn to walk in rhythm to walk with God together there's something about being together you make my flavor come out I make your flavor come out Uh, me alone isn't much you alone isn't much but together we're just extraordinary together we are exquisite together we are unique we are powerful we are the ultimate expression of Jesus Christ and his relationship Relationship with the church and what comes out of that relationship. So this afternoon, I need you to get your mind on your family. Get everybody in your family in your mind right now. And ask yourself the question about each one. Do I make them better? I know I'll make them listen. I know I'll make them clean up. I make them go to school. I make them go get a job. I make them pay attention to me. I make them furious. I make them embarrassed. But do I make them better? I know I make them mad. I know I make them act right. I know I might make them dinner. I know I might make them laugh. I might make them go to church. I make them frustrated. I make them sad. But do I make them better? God wanted a family. Family is God's masterpiece. He said it's not good that mankind should be alone. We're supposed to be better together, just like that Garrett's mix. And so in Ecclesiastes, as Solomon began to run down family, he tells a story. He said there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother, meaning he had no family. And he said there was no end to his toil. His, his eyes weren't content. He's making wealth, but his eyes weren't content with the wealth. He said, for whom am I toiling? What am I working for? 
Why am I depriving myself of all my enjoyment, working hard, and there's nobody to, to share this with? He said, this too is meaningless. This is a miserable business. And he begins to reflect on, on why it's better to have people in your life, why it's better to be connected. He says, two are better than one. Because they have a one, they got a good return for their labor. They, you work better. Like they, they, you say uh, uh, many hands make light work. You, you, you get a better return, but then you got a reason to be working. Yeah. And he said another reason that two are better. He said if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And this is for all you lone rangers, all you isolated people, all you folk that don't think you need nobody, all you folk that don't trust anybody with your business. He said, it's a bad thing. All of you that have loved the pandemic because you didn't want to go out and deal with people anyway, all of you folk, it's a, he said, pity you because if you fall down, yeah. there's nobody to help you get up. You're out there and you're isolated alone. You're sitting out there in your depression. Who am I talking to? You're sitting out there in your depression and your isolation, talking to nobody but the devil and yourself. And nobody knows enough of what's going on with you to help you up. The Bible says I pity somebody that doesn't have anyone to help them up. He says another reason. There's another reason is two are better. He said if two lay down together, they'll keep warm. They didn't have no space heaters. Sometimes my space heaters like my boyfriend. I, <laughs> I hate being cold. But back in the day, they didn't have no space heaters. I was like, it's like, so if two, if we're gonna, we're gonna be freezing. But if two lay together, they'll keep themselves warm. Every woman under over forty say, "Amen." You know, when you it's like over forty, it's like, dude, get up off me. It's hot up in here. Y'all, only the over 40s get that. Uh, he said, but one can't keep warm by himself. The one, and if you get in a fight, the one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. I say that in the movies, they, they be back to back. And this one is fighting everybody coming this way. And that one is fighting everybody coming that way. They can, you can't roll up on me if I got somebody that has my back. And all of you that have had friends, that have had big families, that's why you call big brother. That's why you called your big sister. Because by yourself, you couldn't handle the bullies in the neighborhood. Uh, but, but, but one might be overpowered, but two, if I can just get one of my brothers, if I can get one of my sisters, I can defend myself. And then he went deeper and said, matter of fact, let's make it a family, a cord of three strands. It's not quickly broken. So I looked for some examples in the scriptures of family making family better. And I fell on Micah chapter 6, verse 4. And he's, Micah is talking to uh, the children of Israel and about God and about their history. But he drops something interesting in here. He says, uh, God is saying, God is speaking, God is speaking. He says, I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. He said, I sent Moses to lead you also, Aaron and Miriam. Moses had some family that made him better. Now, they were not perfect. They caused him some issues from time to time. They got in trouble with God, but they still made Moses better. Just like your family. They are not perfect. They have caused you some issues. 
They will continue to cause you some issues from time to time. Uh, they, they are going to get in trouble with God, but they should be making you better just like you. You are not perfect. You are not perfect. You cause your family issues from time to time. I know y'all don't think so. I know you was good when I was talking about them. They cause me issues. Ooh, they sure do. But let me tell you again, you are not perfect, and you cause your family some issues from time to time. You get in trouble with God, too, because of your behavior every now and then. But God had moved on the prophet Micah to speak this out. God said, I sent Moses. I sent Aaron. I sent Miriam. I sent them. I sent y'all this family. I sent them with Moses because they made him better. So look at your family. I want y'all to really do this. Get them in your mind. Look who's even just in your household. Do you add value to them? Ask yourself the question for every one of them individually. Get them in your mind. Some of you have big families, so you have to get, uh, get the main ones. Get them in your mind. Look at your family. Do you add value to them? Every one of them individually, ask yourself, do I make them better? Then when we look at the family of Moses, we see one way that you can make them better. And that's looking out for them, looking out for them. Miriam was the elder sister of Moses. And all the boy babies at the time that Moses was born in Egypt were to be killed so they would stop reproducing. They, they, would, they wouldn't kill the girls because they still had to have some slaves, but they would kill the boys so that they didn't become a stronger nation. They would kill the boys. So they wouldn't become a stronger nation. Uh, Y'all got me. Just kill the boys. So they don't become a, a stronger nation. So, so, so Moses was such a pretty child that they just couldn't do it. So they hid him as long as they could. And then they put him in a basket. And they floated him in the Nile. Well, Miriam, his oldest sister, was looking out for him. Somebody say, Miriam? Good looking out. Miriam is there. She's, she's looking out to see what's going to happen to him. Miriam, good looking out. When Pharaoh's daughter found him, Miriam was right there seeing what was going on. Miriam, good looking out. So then Miriam jumps up, orchestrates a deal where their mother would get paid to nurse her own child. Oh, Miriam, good looking out. And even when she got in trouble with God later in life, she got in trouble with God because she had a problem with Moses' wife. Moses married that black woman. And he got, uh, she got a little issue with that. But still, she was looking out for him. It wasn't good looking out. But she was looking out. Are you looking out for your family? And are you intentional about it? You see, this whole message is about being intentional in our dealings with our family. I want you to leave here today with a plan in mind, with an intentional decision to make your family better. It's got to be intentional. 
In other words, do you know who your children are hanging out with? Do you pay attention to their homework? You pay attention to their moods. Do you pay attention to the foods that they eat? Are you paying attention to their weight? Do you pay attention to their mental health? Do you, I probably should say this, I had some parents that they, they, they drop the kids off. I mean, they, they stick the kids in front of the Zoom and they go. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with a seven-year-old? on a Zoom call yeah. by themselves. <laughs> do you pay attention to their mental health? Do you pay attention to their emotional needs? Do you pay attention to their self-esteem? If you do, good looking out. Wives, do you know what's going on with your husband? What are his stressors? What are his concerns? What are his dreams? What is his health? What is his diet? Do you pay attention? Who are his friendships? What's happening with his finances? Who are his associates? Good looking out. Husbands, do you know what's up with your wife? Do you know her stressors? Do you understand her moods? Are you concerned about her health? What's happening with her diet? What's happening in her finances? I wish, you know, hopefully it's together, but just in case, what's happening with her finances? What is going on with her friendships? Who are her associates? What are her struggles? Good looking out. Can we go deeper? Can you tell me what demons are after every one of your family members? Do you know? What are you doing about it? If you do know, what are you doing about it? Are you fighting in the spirit for every last one of them? Do you see what's coming at them before it gets to them? Do you know what's coming after your kids? Do you know what's coming after your husband? Do you know what's happening in the spirit realm from everybody in your family? And if you know what's attacking them, what are you doing about it? Because looking out for them means I'm going to intercept. I'm going to intervene. I'm going to interrupt this. I'm not going to pray after you've attacked my child. I see you coming, devil. Who am I talking to? Do you see where he's coming? What's coming after your husband? Do you know what's coming after your wife, your mother, your cousin, your, your, your brothers and sisters? And are you doing something about it? If you are, then that's good looking out. You're making them better. So Miriam looked out for Moses. What else do we see in this family that shows me how I can make them better? Standing up with them. Standing up with them. Aaron was called to stand up with Moses. See, Moses was an humble and a meek man. He, he didn't see very much in himself. As far as Moses was concerned, all he had to offer was a stick and a st 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 stutter. 
And God was sending him out to do this big major job to bring a whole nation of people out of slavery. Slavery under the most powerful nation of the earth. The same nation that was trying to kill him 40 years ago. Moses was scared. And he just wanted someone to stand with him. Someone who could talk for him. Someone who was a little better at something that he felt he was incompetent to do. So God gave him Aaron to make him better. And Aaron stood with him. Are you standing with your family? When they have a task ahead of them. When they have a call on their life. Or when they have a sickness. An illness. A bad diagnosis. Or they're going through a serious life change. Will you stand with them? You know, when we were getting ready to appoint you, Pastor Sharonda, as a co-pastor, of course, we talked to David. We talked to God. We talked to you. We talked to David. But you know why your, your extended family, your brothers and sisters, were the next people I talked to? Uh, Jeremiah just in case it got ugly. I knew that if I told them what God was getting ready to do with your life, they were going to stand with you. Do you stand with them? Will you stand with them? Will you offer to them what you do a little better than they do? Do you make your family look good or do you just tell them how bad they look? Do you calm their fears or do you make them feel more insecure than they already are? Are you the family thermometer or the family thermostat? Explain, Lucy. You know, all a thermometer does is tell you what the temperature in the room is. What the temperature is already. So are you the family thermometer? Ooh, child. She sure look bad. Oh, I don't know. How is she doing to them kids? She needs some mama lessons. Uh, look at him. He ain't never held a job. Are you the family thermometer? She need to do something about her hair. She need to do something about her weight. You see how she was looking the other day? You see how he was talking? You, you, see, you see he bought all that stuff and he don't even have no house to be. Are you the family thermometer? Just saying what it already is? Or are you the family thermostat? Well, this is good to me. Because a thermostat is going to make the room adjust to where it is. It, a thermostat is a changer. A thermostat, it, it makes the shift. And are you the one in the family that says that don't just look at them and say that's a terrible mama, but are you getting in there and, and mamaing with them? Are you helping? Are you, are, you, are you lifting them up? Are you showing them? Are you the family thermostat or the family thermometer? Are you concerned about what concerns your spouse? Their sick parents. 
If y'all, if y'all have other children, their wayward children, their ministry, their business, the call that's on their life. Or are you just another critic that they got to face? Or do you stand with them? I don't care if it's quiet. Look at your family and ask yourself, do I make them better? Do I look out for them? Do I stand up with them? I say one more, you know, Moses had one more family member who wasn't in the scriptures that we, that we read today. Moses had a father-in-law that made him better. So through Jethro, we see that we can make our family better by speaking the truth to them. Sometimes, Ram BJ, you just have to tell them the truth. My mama used to say, I know y'all tired of hearing it, but I've got to tell you the truth. They are going to shipwreck their lives if somebody doesn't tell them the truth. They may not act like they want to hear it. They may argue with you about it. They actually might be hurt by you saying it, but the truth makes people free. Moses was working himself to death in the ministry, even though Aaron stood with him and Miriam was looking out for him. He was still doing too much. The pressure and the hours and the stress and the responsibility, it was too much. And Jethro came up there and watched what was going on. Maybe he was actually looking out for his daughter or maybe he was looking out for his grandkids. But he told Moses the truth. You can't keep doing this, man. You got to get you some help you got to delegate some of this responsibility you're doing too much man this is not good this is not going to turn out well and you don't have to be rude with the truth that's the problem with some of y'all it's not that you told the truth it's that you're so rude with it you don't have to be rude with the truth you don't have to be critical with the truth this is not a chance to tell your opinion as truth well, I had to tell them the truth. No, you told them your opinion. <laughs> it's not a chance to get your opinion out saying you telling the truth. Well, what's the truth? The word of God is truth. It's something about just saying that. The word of God is truth. Now, you can talk to them out of your wisdom. And if you're going to talk to them out of your wisdom, speak the truth in love. Not in control. Some of y'all speak the truth in control. Not speak the truth in resentment. I told you. And not speak the truth in arrogance because you think you know. Not speak the truth in retaliation. I'm going to get you back when I'm about telling you the truth. But you tell the truth in love. You make them better by telling them the truth in love. Baby, you're doing too much. Sometimes, sometimes spouses, you got to tell them, baby, you're doing a little bit too much. The stress is going to hurt you physically. Or tell them you're not being wise with that money. You're not being wise with this money, sweetheart. Or that relationship is not godly. Baby, I know you love him, and I know you think he's cute, and he told you everything, but that relationship is not godly. Sometimes you got to tell people the truth. This that you're doing right now is a sin against God. I know that's not popular, and all your friends say it's all right, but what you're doing is a sin against God. The Word of God says, the Word of God says, the Word of God says, speak to them the truth, especially when demons are talking. 
Depression has a voice. Anxiety has a voice. Fear has a voice. When depression is talking, when fear is talking, when anxiety is talking, when that trauma that they went through is doing all the talking, you have got to tell them the truth. Tell them what? Tell them not to worry because God will supply all of their needs according to his riches and glory. Tell them they can do it because it is in Christ that strengthens them. Tell them that they can hold their head up because God's compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Tell them that they can Come boldly to the throne of grace and find help in the time of trouble. Tell them the truth. Tell them that you never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Tell them that God has not given them the spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. Tell them that if they await on the Lord, he will renew their strength. Tell them that God has plans for them, plans to prosper them and not to harm them, to bring them a hope and a future. Tell them the truth. Tell them that they were born to be the head and not the tail. To be above only and not beneath. To be a lender and not a borrower. Tell them that if they will confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart that God has raised them from the dead, they shall be saved. Tell them that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he did it before, he'll do it again. Same God right now. Same God back then. Tell them they don't have to worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, they can make their request known unto God. Tell them the truth. His word is truth. Tell them it's not right to keep spending money on Amazon packages. Cars and clothes, fast food and $5 coffee. When you don't have any money in the bank and your tithing hasn't been given. Tell them they need to live right because they've been bought with a price and they belong to God, they're not their own. Speak truth to your children about sex. Tell them the truth How about sex, about alcohol about marijuana don't matter that the world says it's okay tell them the truth don't matter that we live in las vegas tell them the truth about gambling tell them the truth about laziness the truth about having some financial literacy tell them the truth about life tell them the truth about god speaking the truth to them will make them better our question for you today is do I make them better? Am I the cheese to the caramel? <laughs> or am I the caramel to the cheese? <laughs> the Bible says that like iron sharpens iron, we should be making each other sharper. You make me sharper when you look out for me. You make me sharper when you stand up with me. You make me sharper when you tell me the truth. God wants us to be family. It is not good for mankind to be alone. I know you all like your privacy. But let me tell you the truth about privacy. 
If you don't want nobody in your business, it's because you don't want to change. Let me try it over here. If you don't want nobody in your business, it's because you don't want to change. You don't want to change. I don't want them church people in my business. That's because you don't want to change. Because other than that, what you need so much privacy for? You want the opportunity, see, as long as it's a secret, you have the freedom to move about in your sin. But if your life is an open book, I don't have no business y'all can't see. It's not good for you to be alone. The devil likes to isolate. Hear, hear me. The devil likes to isolate you so that he can be the only voice you hear. You being played, homie. I'm just not that into people and I just like, mm, you being played, you being played. I got to tell you the truth. It's not good for mankind to be alone. It's better when we look out for each other. It's better when we stand with each other. It's better when we speak the truth to each other. Stop being so afraid of rejection that you let everybody around you be weak, unproductive, and ungodly. Some of y'all don't say nothing to nobody. So, you know, you, you're so afraid that if you tell them the truth that you're going to be rejected. Stop being so fearful. You're making everybody around you sorry. Ungodly. We have a thing in New Antioch. We say that we will cover each other, but we don't cover up. So I'll cover if you say, Sister Ross said something mean to you. I say, well, she's she not like that. She, she didn't mean that. I, I, we cover each other. But we almost get in the habit of covering up. You know folk are doing stuff that's ungodly. And everybody know but the pastor. Stop letting people live any kind of way, right? Especially your family, and you're scared to speak up. You're not making them better. And on the flip side, stop being so critical and fussy that your family doesn't feel supported. That they feel all alone. Because every time you've got something out your mouth, it's something negative. They don't know what's true and not true because you're so negative. Yeah. They're probably hoping they're not with all that you think they are. If everything out of your mouth is negative, you're just a thermometer. When do you get to be a thermostat? So there's both sides to that. This word... It's coming to bring you this bottom line for God. God, what's the bottom line? This is what he told me to tell you. Tell you, look at every member of your family and ask yourself the question, do I make them better? Am I intentional about it? Do I have a plan to add value to each and every one of them? Listen, listen, listen. The devil is too strategic for you to be accidental. The devil is too strategic 
for you to be accidental. Some of you say, oh, I support my family like that, but not on purpose. You just accidentally happen to be an all right mama. You just accidentally happen to be an all right daddy or sister. So it wasn't intentional. But y'all, the devil is too strategic in how he is trying to take down each and every one of your family members for you to be out here just being accidental. God wants you to be intentional about this thing. We have an enemy who has a strategy and you just live in accidental how do I make them better do I make them better there was a song out in the world they said I'm a movement by myself but I'm a force when we're together I'm good all by myself but you you make me better can they say that about you so who would you like for me to pray for today God said I want you to pray for those who need to be better themselves before they can do family any better than they're doing now. That's who the prayer is for today. Those of you who have been isolative, who've been negative, those of you that have been depressed. When parents are depressed, you've really emotionally abandoned your children. A lot of children feel abandoned, not because mama wasn't there, but because mama was so depressed. Not because daddy wasn't there, but daddy was so depressed or anxious. You're too anxious to be a good parent. You're worried about everything. How can your kids have any confidence when you're worried about everything? Some of you are bad with money. You can't tell them nothing because you haven't figured out your money yourself. Or being addictive, and it's all kinds of the addictions, not just the, the bad ones that we talk about with them, but the ones we have right here in the house. Food, money, drama. And some of you, you can't even begin to do this work because you're tired. I'm just tired. I need to be better. Some of you are tired. Some of you are stressed. Those of you that are listening, you're tired, you're stressed, you're isolative. Some of you, this, you've been watching church online because you haven't had the energy to be around people. You haven't had the heart to be around people. The devil has you isolated. Some of you are tired. You're just struggling. And some of you need to be better because you're just unsaved. You're not saved. You haven't really been born again you might have been to church you heard of Jesus but you haven't really accepted Jesus into your heart you need to be born again you need your heart and your spirit changed and we're going to come after you first and so if that's you I, I, I need to be better I need to be born again I just need to be saved I need a relationship with God and I, I need him to change me on the inside and that hasn't happened with me yet pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Come into my heart and save me. Change me. Make me better. And I'll live for you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord, 
for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we believe that you have been born again. We believe that you are saved. You're in relationship with God. You're on your way to heaven. We believe that, but we want to help you in this journey. We would love to be your church family. There's a book that I want you to read that will help you on this journey. It's called Salvation One-on-One, just being saved. And we'd like to get that book with you. Put in the comment section right now. There are people that are looking at that comment section that right now, and they will answer you and let you know how to get that book. We want your information. Let us know that you prayed that prayer today and that you're saved and you're ready to grow with us. Amen. Amen. If you're in the room, is there anyone in the room that prayed that prayer today and you have accepted the Lord and you would say, I'm saved now. I prayed that prayer and, and I'm saved because that's what that's the part I needed to be better. Anyone that prayed that prayer for the first time or, or rededicated your life today as we prayed that prayer. Anyone, if just raise your hand. I'm not going to make you come up here. I'm going to send somebody to you to make sure you get that book. And that you connect with us. Amen. Anybody? Amen. God bless you. So for those of you that God told me to pray for today, you can sit there and be isolative and proud and want nobody to know. But I want people who really want to be better. That I, I want to be better. That I can add to somebody else's life. You need to be better. Meet us at the altar. God told me to pray for you today. I want to be better. I can be a good parent if I'm better. I can be a good brother if I'm better. I can be a good sister, good mom. I want to be better. Come on, the altar is open for you today. I just want to be better. You know God is looking at you right now. Break away from that pride. I need you to survive. I need you. Come on, let's pray for you, you today. You know you need to be better. We're all you can make everybody in your circle better if you just get better yourself. Depression, anger, anxiety, trauma, whatever's going on, that struggle that's in your mind. God, I want to be better. God, I want to be better. God's body. It is so our ministers and servant leaders, we just make sure you stay behind them as you pray. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to look away so I'm not in your face. We're going to keep you safe. We want to be better. I need you to Are these your children? This is your baby. This is your baby. Oh, this, all three. All right. Amen. We'll make sure that we pray for you. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, as this family comes, they're coming because they want to be better. God, this mother, God, give her what she needs. Give her the strength she needs. Give her the power. I feel you moving on her right now. Give her the power she needs. God, straighten it out. Straighten it out. Straighten it out. Everything. God, that comes against her. I cancel everything that the enemy wants to do against her life in the name of Jesus. Agree with me. 
stand around him connect him God I cancel the assignment of the enemy against my brother that comes against his mind that comes against his thoughts in the name of Jesus transform him now in the name of Jesus let him be better 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 it's gotta be better in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus
in things that have longevity if you can believe today doesn't matter how long this thing has gone back and forth if you can believe today God can wipe it all away and you leave this altar totally and completely and permanently changed. He can heal your mind, heal your history, heal the hurt, and make you brand new today. If you can believe that, you don't even have to believe it a whole lot because we'll believe for you. But we don't want to cast out something that you're not going to let go. If you are really ready, come here, Pastor. Father, in the name of Jesus, once and for all, Satan, every demonic force, loose him and let him go Jesus 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 Chris you call him say Jesus say it again Jesus Thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org.
newwaytoshine.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dot org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dash A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante Campus. Or for Central Campus, it's New Antioch Central at 77977.